0: Uh, welcome back to the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain. Here we're talking with Dr. J.B. Hickson about his latest book, The Top Ten Reasons Some People Go to Hell and The One Reason No One Ever Has To. Great book. I, I suggest that uh, if if you're at all uncertain about your salvation, uh, you definitely get this book and uh, and read it. It's, uh, it's really great stuff. Um, JB, uh, we're, we're really happy that you decided to join us again today, and, and uh, we look forward to a lot more episodes with you if, if you're so inclined and if you're able. Uh, we, we'd love to talk a little bit more about your book, though. Um, something that while I was reading your book, uh, that kind of um, one of the questions that, that popped up in my head was, Uh, I mean, you treat everything so thoroughly here, but you give everything equal gravity. Uh, But I know that you had to have had some favorite uh, chapters of this book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, for me, the chapter 7
1: and chapter 10 uh, are ones that really resonated with me, because uh, um, in the first place, I can kind of relate. And and, uh, and secondly, uh, I think um, it really touches my heart when I see people going through these things. So uh, chapter seven is called Mending a Broken Heart. Yes. And I believe a lot of people um, reject the gospel because they're deeply hurt they've had some life crisis, some tragedy in their life that uh, has brought them to the point of despondency or desperation and they just can't seem to come up with a satisfactory answer to you know to the questions that are just plaguing uh, their heart right, and right so in that chapter after sort of a brief introduction and, and, and sort of setting the stage, I, I turned to King
0: David in God's Word. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have several examples of how
1: he was facing unspeakable heartache and, uh, you know, felt alone and felt despondent. And yet, uh, he was able to both be honest with God, which I believe we should be. And if there's someone listening to this uh, podcast today, who's challenge the, the reader in this particular chapter to do is to give God a chance to don't let your heartache and your broken heart keep you from uh, making the most important decision of your life which is to put your faith in Jesus Christ the one who died and rose again for your sins and uh, so that one is kind of an emotional uh, a chapter and it I think it, it really touches on right where a lot of people are uh, you know all right that, that you know, those who've experienced intense sorrow become bitter sometimes.
0: Uh, they, they want to blame someone. I can know? I can personally testify to that yes it, it's easy to become bitter sometimes. now I've never been bitter to the point of blaming God for anything uh, but I can see where a lot of unsaved people you know non-believers could get to that point you know where, where they, yeah. they actually get angry with God and hey, how come this is happening to me? you know. Yeah, and
1: even believers. I mean,
0: David oh, in sure. Psalm 13 was, you know, I love that Psalm because it sort
1: of walks you through and I think it's only six verses, but he, he very quickly goes from being flat on his face, despondent, questioning God, asking the hard question, mm. to by the end of it, he's back up on his feet looking at God and essentially saying, you know, but I have trusted in your mercy and I will I will rejoice in your
0: deliverance. And That's so, right. Um, you know, I, I think, um, again, it's not
1: someone's bitterness or heartache or pain that keeps them out of heaven and sends them to hell. It's unbelief. It's unbelief. But sometimes, yes, they've never believed the gospel. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the heartache and pain can become so real and so powerful that it blinds us. It's what the devil uses to blind our hearts to the gospel, an unbeliever's heart to the gospel. So, uh, I think that's a very important chapter, and You know, again, from the perspective of an apologetic, where, you know, say a a person who's already a believer is reading this book as they go through these chapters, I think it'll give them insight into what someone might be facing as they share the gospel with them. Because, you know, in, in our simplicity, we look at someone who's not a believer, we share the gospel. And then we, we we just stand back and are dumbfounded why they wouldn't believe it. And we just want to shake them and say, don't you get it? You're going to hell. You need Jesus. He's the only hope. Place your faith in him. But if we can step back and sort of nuance it a bit and see life through the, the viewpoint of the other person, the unbeliever, it might help us have a different approach. I mean, it, the, the gospel never changes. The gospel is the power of God to salvation. But you know, as we communicate it and find that same way the Apostle Paul did on Mars Hill, you know, we can, in the case of someone with a broken heart, we can put our arm around him and say, look, I know you're hurting. I get it. Right. And I can imagine the ultimate pain that you're feeling because I've never walked through the same valley that you have. But I want you to know Jesus has. He was despised. He was rejected. You know, so we can use, sort of use that as a way to communicate the gospel. And that's that's really what this whole book is about. It's just trying to understand what might cause someone to reject
0: the gospel. What do you think the biggest reason is, JB, for someone that would cause someone to reject the gospel? Is it, is it, could it be a broken heart? Could it be pride? Could it, I mean, what, what do you really think the the biggest reason for rejection is?
1: So I think in terms of, uh, you know, the one that is the most common as a percentage of the whole today anyway mm-hmm. in our current culture I would have to believe it's 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 chapter 8 in which I talk about the, the title is can you hear me now uh-huh. and I, I open the chapter with sort of a harkening back to that uh, Verizon Wireless TV commercial from the early 2000s where they had that guy that kept asking can you hear me now can you hear me now <laughs> um, yeah. and then I, I segue from that into one of the major reasons that people don't believe the gospel is because they've never heard a clear, accurate presentation of the gospel. And yeah, yeah. In, this, in this day and age when the gospel is under attack, even in mainstream evangelical churches, there are so many false gospels out there, which I've addressed in in other books. My book, Getting the Gospel Wrong, deals with a lot of the different false gospels out there. Um, but I think, you know, clearly Romans 10, 17 says... Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you've never heard the gospel, you cannot believe the gospel. Right. So, you know, again, the most common hindrance or influence that keeps someone from believing the gospel is the fact that they've never heard a clear, accurate gospel message.
0: Well, there are hundreds of thousands of churches in this country, JB, uh, right. and, and and several several million professed Christians uh, professing Christians and you know now less and less of them are going to church these days but there's got still got to be a good number going to church how could they possibly not hear the gospel message in a church well because what they're hearing is uh, is a false gospel oh. it goes back to what Paul
1: said in Galatians 1 his very first letter written in 48 A.D., just, you know, 15 years after the church started, uh-huh. when he said, if anyone is preaching a
0: gospel other than the one I preach to you, mm-hmm. uh, let him be anathema. So That's right. Uh, there, people are standing up in the pulpits and telling you
1: to turn away, forsake your sin, make a pledge of allegiance to God, commit your life, surrender your life, none of which are biblically listed as requirements for salvation. The one and only condition is faith.
0: That's Simply the, believe. Faith, Simply faith believe plus nothing else.
1: Right. Faith alone in Christ alone. And, and I know even, you know, Calvinists uh, use that phrase. In fact, it's the cry of the Reformation, sola fide. But, of course, they mean something yep. entirely different yes. by the word faith. Yes, You know, they've redefined faith to mean uh, some
0: type of bilateral contract between you and God, wherein Mm
1: -hmm. you pledge your allegiance to him, promise to follow him, promise to forsake all your sins, promise to surrender to him and make him Lord. And if you do all of these checklist things, then and only then will he give you the quote unquote gift of eternal life,
0: which is really not a gift at all in their equation. It's a bilateral quid pro quo. So, So there's a lot of false
1: gospels out there. So that's exactly what you're alluding to when you say they're millions of people sitting in churches, but they're not hearing the pure.
0: Excuse me. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I was trying to lead with my question. I, I was trying to get you to say the the words reformed theology, but that, that's exactly what you just described there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Calvinism and reformed theology are, are just two ways of saying
0: the same. Absolutely. Thing. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's, yeah, I, I, I agree with you a thousand percent there. I think that's one of the biggest reasons People are not getting the gospel message in church. Uh, Churches don't teach it anymore. Shame, shame, shame. I mean, really. So I want to go back to, I mentioned, you know, chapter um, 8 and chapter 10. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 7 and chapter 10. Chapter 7 was mending a broken heart, and we talked about that, the, the
1: heartache. But chapter ten is also one that really I think mm-hmm. resonates with me on a personal level, and that chapter is entitled "Why." One word, one question: Why? Mm-hmm. And uh, the quote that I have at the beginning of the chapter is, is kind of humorous. It's from uh, the Calvin and Hobbes comic strip, which uh, of course we all love. Uh, but Bill Watterson, the, uh, the author of Calvin and Hobbes, in one comic strip has uh, uh, you know the dad saying to Calvin quote, the world isn't fair, Calvin. Oh, oh, boy. And then
0: Calvin responds, Calvin responds, I know,
1: Dad, but why isn't it ever unfair in my favor? <laughs> and, uh, and so then I, then I tell uh, the story from, uh, from the uh, NBC hit sitcom Friends about Ross Geller, where he, uh, you know, if you ever watch that show, you know, Ross is just a guy we can all relate with because he's just, just so obsessive compulsive and just everything has to be just right and i hate anyway,
0: to it i hate to episode. admit to it i i have seen the show yeah
1: <laughs> yeah well even if, even if you have not ross has become kind of a pop culture meme you know but uh, anyway in one uh, show he opens his suitcase after a trip to find that a shampoo bottle has leaked all over everything inside and He exclaims in typical Ross-like hysteria, oh no, major shampoo explosion, it's everywhere, why me, why me, why is it always me? And so the whole chapter is basically not so much about a broken heart and tragedy and heartache that people go through, but just sometimes other painful circumstances and the injustices of life that are beyond our control, can cause us to to look toward heaven and and say, you know, why God? This isn't Mm -hmm. fair. And, you know, why me? And so they become bitter from a different angle, not so much necessarily because of tragedy, uh, but because of just something unfair. And, And when people cannot find a satisfactory answer to the question of why, then they end up rejecting the gospel and they
0: end up in hell. Well, that is not something that you uh, or, or I or any, any other saved person uh, wants to see happen to anybody, and even God doesn't want to see that happen, does he? No. God is not willing that any should perish, Second Peter 3, 9,
1: but that all come to repentance. He wants everybody to change their mind, just like those who are asking the why question. Uh, and uh, come to faith you know the, the passage of scripture that I focus on in that chapter is from John 9 mm-hmm. when um, you know Jesus uh, comes across the man who's been blind from birth and mm-hmm. his disciples ask him uh, you know hey rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he should be born blind mm-hmm. in other words, they thought, you know, somebody must have done something wrong right. for this man to be blind. The children has a the, cause and effect.
0: Right. The children, but, you know, the children pay for the sins of the father, so to speak. Yeah.
1: Right. And and but Jesus points out that you know you cannot look at life through the lens of you know cause and effect. God is not primarily retributive. Uh, sometimes bad things happen, uh, not because somebody deserves it, but because we live in a
0: fallen world. Right. And
1: uh, right. you know. That's Jesus says this man is blind, not because of the sins of his father or his own sins, but because God so that God may be glorified. So, you know, I think we need to help sometimes people think through the, the philosophical question of why and and come to the only biblical foundational answer. Uh, and, and that is that, you know, the world in which we live is not the world that God created. You right, know, right. God doesn't cause suffering. No. God created the world perfect, that's, and we messed it up. That's correct. And and even though we messed it up, He's still going above and beyond to do everything He possibly can uh, to provide a way out. And ultimately, we will see the world restored, you know, to its pre-fall Edenic state. Amen. Uh, but only those who have received the free gift of eternal life
0: yes. will be a part of that kingdom age someday. Right. You know, uh, the title of your book is is very uh, eye-catching, and, uh, you know, I I think, now uh, you'll probably agree with me here, maybe not, but uh, do you think that one of the other major reasons people uh, reject the gospel is because uh, they tend not to believe in a real heaven or a real hell? Oh, yeah.
1: Trying to think where i kind of touch on that in in the book um uh i think maybe in chapter 11 which i call busyness Uh, that that's people yeah 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 they they don't prioritize because they don't think hell is a serious subject they sort of push it aside and categorize it like a fable and they get too busy and first thing you know it's too late Mm -hmm. um but yeah absolutely the devil has done a masterful job of marginalizing Hell, I got a. I get emails all the time from you know listeners and different people that watch our videos or come to our conferences, and I got one within the last couple of months that was very scathing review, and the guy was just all over me because I believed in a literal hell, and he, he would make statements like "There's no place in the entire Bible where you know the Bible speaks about hell," and and I just was dumbfounded, and I would send him <laughs> verse after verse, and after about <laughs> two back and forths, yeah. I gave up and just said, "Look." You know, Proverbs says, go from the presence of a foolish man when you perceive not the lips of knowledge in him. And when someone in the face of incontrovertible, undeniable evidence continues to say there's no hell, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much you can do for him at that
0: point. Right, right. I, yeah, I, I'm afraid that's right. Uh, uh, but, you know, it, it is a literal place. And, uh, you know, I, 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 would you think that um, the, there's a possibility that People reject the gospel out of a fear of being ridiculed for their fear of going to hell.
1: I think, yeah, I think the ridicule is a powerful motivator. And again, the culture uh, in which we live has become one of intellectual elitism and again, going back to being too smart for our own good. So anybody who comes up with this notion of a literal hell and talks about it, uh, is, is, is is almost treated like they're a young child parroting what they learned in Sunday school. Well, let me tell you, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day, you learned a lot of truth in Sunday school. And it's right, a shame that right. today, instead of Bible study classes, we have, you know, all of these uh, small group-type meetings where you can learn how to sell Tupperware or go fishing or, uh, you know,
0: uh, whatever, <laughs> yeah. but you don't actually learn the Bible. Right, so, right yeah, you you had mentioned something earlier on in in our telecast or in our uh, podcast uh, this morning about Freud. and uh, you know, uh, something we just talked about kind of harkens me back to Freud also, he was one of the first that came forward and called religious people, and especially Christians, immature. Yeah, he said it yeah, was a, sure, yeah. it was a childish, dependency to 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 believe in god and heaven and hell you know we we were we we haven't fully matured our brains haven't fully formed yet so that's why we believe the way we do see i think people are afraid of the ridicule of actually saying yeah i believe it
1: absolutely yeah jesse ventura once said religion is a crutch
0: for weak-minded people i remember uh, that interview in which yeah, he said that. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, and so that's a, the same thing that you
1: just quoted from Freud. It's this it's this idea of disparaging. You know, that, that's what we've come down to, and you see this in a lot of debates and things today on, on TV and so forth between ideological op- opposites, is is this pejorative um, ad hominem attacks. If you don't have mm. the ability to win the argument based on logic, then you just attack the messenger. Right. And, um, so but yeah I mean the passage that comes to mind uh, that rises to me above all others uh, as being just so crystal clear in God's word is from revelation chapter 20 where we read that you know we that those who don't are not found written in the book of life like the the antichrist and his false prophet will be tormented day and night forever and ever Ugh. now there is nothing ambiguous about that nothing so ambiguous tormented
0: that's forever. right and ever
1: Means forever and ever. So, uh, you know, this notion that, you know, when you die, you just cease to exist is just, uh, if, if you believe the Bible, is not true. Now, in the book, I, in the preface, and I encourage everyone to read the preface. You should always read the preface of
0: any book because mm-hmm. it kind of sets the stage. But in this preface, I very
1: clearly talk about my presuppositions. And I state right off the bat that my presupposition is that the Bible is the Word of God that Every word of God is flawless. That it is the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices, and therefore, you know, that's that's everything else emanates from there. Now, I understand if you reject the Bible, okay, you're gonna you're gonna maybe have a different view. But what is your ultimate standard? Everybody has to have a standard. You can't just randomly pick stuff out of the air. So, what's your right. standard? And when you when you stop and really think about it, uh, whatever your standard is, when you put it aside the infallible Word of God, it's going to pale by comparison. So if you're going to disparage and dismiss my standard, well, then find me a better one. Show me what yours is.
0: That's right. we we got to go back to that bar again, don't we? The uh, the bar against, uh, uh, what, what did he say? What was the quote again? Uh, condemnation before investigation? Oh. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. You know, the... Uh, the British uh, William Paley, the British yeah, yeah. Uh, theologian, uh, uh, contempt. And by the way, Einstein kind of played off of it a little, a little years later, and and spun it this way. Einstein said, um, "Condemnation prior to examination is the height of ignorance." Yes. So yeah, and I would add, it's also the height of arrogance.
0: <laughs> it is the height of, of, of arrogance for sure. I, I you yeah. know, and that uh, I see that as a big reason for people rejecting too rejecting the gospel is that they just choose to out of hand dismiss you know just dismiss it automatically
1: yeah no uh, doubt
0: yeah that well, I'm, I'm really i'm just really excited about the book you know it, again
1: because the title is somewhat offensive to unbelievers and skeptics you know it's not uh you know selling as rapidly as some of my other books but i knew that would be the case i wasn't i'm never you know i'm not trying to be a bestseller i'm just trying to uh, get the word out as best I can and, 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 and write the books that I feel like would be helpful to both the body of Christ and, and the world at large. And so,
0: mm-hmm. but it's it's still
1: early. It's only been out uh, less than a year. And so uh, oh, yeah. I believe uh, the Lord will use it and I encourage people to pick it
0: up. Uh, yes, absolutely. I would too. I've read it through twice. I would definitely encourage people to pick it up. Uh, it, was, it was nominated for book of the year, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, so the Christian Indie Publishing Organization uh, uh, nominates, uh, or people can nominate different books in seventeen different categories. I didn't know there were that many categories, but one of them is theology, and that was the book that, for the category that this book was nominated in. And I don't know that all the voting uh, is uh, anonymous, and and people do it online, and the voting lasted for about a month. And I don't know; I'm not privy to how the vote came out. I know it did not win. Uh, but again, looking at the other books in that category, a lot of them were much more uh, feel-good, you know, touchy-feely type topics that, you know, mm-hmm. honestly had probably more uh, a curb appeal. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me too much. But but I really think um, that if people really take the time to read, even just you know a few of the chapters that kind of stand out to them as you look at the titles of the chapters, you'll find that it it really. Uh, broadens your knowledge and helps you kind of think about, uh, people from their own perspective and, and, and could very easily help you communicate the gospel more effectively.
0: Amen. Uh, and now before we close, JB, could you tell us a little bit more about, uh, places we could go to find out or how to purchase your book? Where, where can we go? Yeah. So obviously, uh, it's sold, you know, in all
1: the usual online places, but we would hope and encourage you to Purchase it directly from our ministry, Not by Works Ministries, which is, uh, you can catch us online at notbyworks.org. And, um, and right there we have an online store, which you can click on, that has all of our books and DVDs and other evangelist <clears throat> resources. And by the way, we sell not only our, my own books, but other books by other authors that are like minded, clear on the gospel, uh, coming from a dispensational point of view. So uh, yeah, just check it out at notbyworks.org and um, and uh, it's free shipping. Or no, it's not actually. We have uh, like a dollar. I think it's a dollar fifty shipping on the book. Uh, But it's uh, it's just it helps us out. We we make our living from the gospel through this ministry and from our church as well. Uh, But uh, but certainly you can get it at Amazon or any other place as well. But we we would love to have you stop by our website at notbyworks.org
0: fantastic and and again the title of the book ladies and gentlemen the top 10 reasons some people go to hell and the one reason no one ever has to um, dr. Hickson once again we we thank you for joining us this this sunny Tuesday here in in central Illinois I know you're you're in Colorado right now and I but I hope you're you're dealing with some decent weather like we are here because uh, it's really a blessing but it's been a blessing to have you on today. Uh, would you, uh, as we close, would you, uh, would you close us in a word of prayer, sir?
1: I'd be honored. Thank you again for letting me, uh, come on, look forward to being maybe back on next Tuesday and as often as, uh, the Lord allows and I love just talking about his word and
0: appreciate yes. the opportunity. Well, it's our honor and, uh, and, and, uh, our pleasure to have you, sir. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pastor agrees with that a thousand percent. So we look forward to having <laughs> you every Tuesday we can get you. Amen. Well, let's pray. Amen. Uh, Father,
1: Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank, thank you for Curtis and Dick, and just for their heart for you, and uh, just their uh, testimony. And uh, I just pray that you would continue to use this podcast uh, for your honor and glory to spread the gospel, to encourage and edify believers uh, at a time when there's so much uh, darkness and so much uh, lies, so many lies being propagated out there. It's such a great. Uh, privilege to be a part of a, a bastion of truth and a beachhead of, of truth. And so Lord bless this ministry. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of it uh, in a small way today. And uh, we just give you the praise, honor and glory in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, JB Hickson, Dr. JB Hickson. Uh, and it looks like he may be joining us again next Tuesday. We'll know. I'm sure I'm certain within the next couple of days. Uh, and, uh, if his schedule does not preclude it, I'm sure that he, he he will be joining us. Subject matter? I don't know yet. what What do you think, J b? Yeah that's a great
1: question. And yeah, I'm definitely I just looked at my calendar. next Tuesday is great, so
0: you can count on it. Um, great. Boy, I mean, uh, we'll just have to pray about it. Uh, so many different uh,
1: uh, things out there that uh, we could uh, we could talk about. I just preached a message yesterday Monday. Uh, we had a big uh, outdoor patriotic celebration at our church with catered barbecue and a bluegrass band, and it was just a wonderful day. And I preached a 22-minute message, uh, 22 minutes, called One Nation Under God.
0: Oh. I talked about how the fingerprints of God are all over this nation, and yet absolutely we see so many of our freedoms being stripped away. So
1: maybe that's something we can
0: touch on next week. Absolutely. Sounds great. Uh we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We've got a little under a minute to go, but I want to thank you again for being with us. JB I certainly do appreciate it. And to all our listeners out there, we hope you've been enjoying our Tuesday segments as well. And we pray and, uh, that, that you will be tuning in, uh, to hear us, uh, this Saturday as pastor Chamberlain goes into some, some, uh, pretty intense subjects also, and, uh, be with us for that. And then also, uh, next Tuesday, uh, we'll hopefully be with Dr. J.B. Hickson again. Until then, may God bless and keep you. Uh, and we look forward to being with you again this coming Saturday. This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off for now. See you soon.